there is a potential of doing more and by doing more every person's knowledge and skills uh, that is limited and it is kind of like opening pathways to others to work on so it is kind of like an evolving thing and uh like when you when you solve a question uh like it, it, like the the best thing is it opens up or it brings new questions so that other others can can work on it so uh for for teaching like uh, the transferring knowledge which is very important Hello and welcome to David Talks with. I'm David Jong, your host, and today we are thrilled to have Professor Selma Yildirim from the University of Chicago with us. Professor Yildirim is not just an accomplished mathematician, but also a dedicated educator known for her innovative teaching methods and contributions to numerical analysis. Today, she'll share insights from her career and her unique approach to integrating technology and mathematics education. So, without further ado, let's get started. Professor Yildirim. It's an honor to have you with us. Thank you for for your invitation. Thank you for having me. Well, let's start with your story. How did you become passionate about math, and how did you get into the field and end up where you are today? Uh, this is a very good question, and I was thinking about that for for some time. And uh, like, it is it was a bit chance at the beginning. By chance, I mean. Uh, when uh, when I was a high school student, the university uh, there is there there was a university entrance examination in Turkey, so I grew up there, and uh, so the way that it was designed was there were two stages, and after passing the first one, it was kind of like filtering filtering one, and uh, the second one uh, we would take the exam. And uh, before the exam, we would make our choices for universities and for majors. And uh, like the it, it like no one knows what what the point for students like the, the the ranking would be and whether we would get into the program that we like. That's really uncertain then. Uh, yes, exactly. So the like we would make guesses based on uh the news or what my, what our friends says or like the, the the ranking of programs at universities so there were lots of choices and um i i was a bit ambitious and competitive so i um my my older sister uh, she was enrolled at MATU, one of the established, a very nice uh, university in Turkey. So I wanted to be there and I wanted to be an engineer. So it was very cool. And I think we were more job oriented and uh, kind of like instead of having a career, finding a good job and uh, like uh, do, doing the work that was very important for for us and because of the competition everyone wants to be the, the 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 best right so all the engineering programs uh like electrical engineering computer engineering industrial engineering th those were like very high uh ranking they accept very high ranking students so uh like we just wanted to be accepted into one of the programs it was very cool for us so uh, my aim was that, and uh, I 
I, I remember all my choices were at that university, MITU. And uh, because of that, there were gaps in my uh, in my choice uh, choices. And my father is an elementary school teacher, so or listen, primary school teacher. So, uh, and I love math, and I I studied a lot of math books for the uh, for the entrance examination. I think I had as much as like. 20 so right now the, the number i i don't remember that much but i hit a lot so it was kind of like five times more than uh, other topics so i i study so as soon as there is a new textbook then i would get it and i would just solve it so i i loved math so one of the uh, one of the choices was math education that was for him <laughs> so like I'm, i i was thinking like i will never i will never my score will never drop to that point. And uh, and there was like um, electrical engineering and I also had genetics. So that was one of the new cool topics at that time. So when I got the result, it was math education. So I didn't get into electrical engineering or genetics program. And I think I missed about one point or about two points, etc. Oh, wow. So it was it was very close. So I was shocked and um I didn't want to go to I I, I didn't want to be a uh, a teacher. I love math again. Uh the math education program had uh, I, I think there were uh, more than 30 points higher than math uh, ranking. So that is why I, I was kind of like math education accepts more students. But I got into the program with, I think it was 27 points higher. <laughs> so it was really huge. And since I didn't make any other choices, um, so that was kind of like, I I remember I cried a lot, like when uh. I when I heard it. My my father he was very happy. Like my my daughter she's gonna be a teacher just like me. So uh, I I cried a lot and um, and then I I I remember I was thinking like maybe I should take the exam again. So I'm gonna study for another year and I'll do that. But it is financially very expensive. And also I would be one year behind and I was, I was got into a great program, math, math education, that was a great, a great school. And I was kind of like, well, I'm going to go there. And the first year is uh, English preparation for everyone. So I was kind of like, well, I'm going to go to the university. I'm going to like one way or another, I'm going to have the English preparatory school. So I'm going to spend that time on learning English. So I didn't know any English. And I was kind of like, I'm gonna decide at the university whether I wanna I wanna be transferred into an engineering program that I like and that was very cool. So uh after that year I started taking math courses. And uh again, like I was thinking like, well, I'm gonna transfer to engineering program because they are really cool and you know the uh the way but then i really i really liked learning a lot about mathematics all those topics and i was kind of like well maybe this is where i want to be so i started taking courses more courses and i was kind of like well like 
two I, I I think after about two years I was kind of like well I'm glad I'm not an engineer <laughs> I can I can never do that and uh, genetics it is not for me so math is just for me and I I'll keep learning this and uh, I stay there but math education again the the job prospects so I didn't yeah. want to I didn't want to be a teacher uh, so I applied to double major program and uh, both mathematics and math education and at that time uh, like I would be taking education courses for becoming a teacher high school teacher and elective math courses for the math major so that is how I became a mathematician wow that's it's, it's a very interesting journey especially how you like you like sort of miss shot like you didn't intentionally make your way into like the field of mathematics. Yeah, it was like, like when I said by chance, it was because of the, like, we didn't know where we would end up. And uh, it was, it was kind of interesting. I think being flexible is a little bit um, important there, but at the same time, I was kind of like, well, I will get transferred to an engineering program because it's yeah. really cool. So I, 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 I had that idea when I when I went into into the college, and uh, I, I think like I don't know, like again, even after all these years, I'm thinking like I, I, like I like engineering how they how they think and how they design and make it as efficient as possible. Uh, but again, Matt is Matt is my team. Yeah, well, there's probably also like a lot of interdisciplinary connections between math and engineering. Yeah, especially on the computation side. Mm -hmm. So let's transition over to maybe your teachings. Um, so you've taught in various forms, from in person to remote and hybrid. How do you adapt your teaching style for each format, and what do you find the most challenging? again being flexible is very important and also keeping the principles in mind by principles I mean like uh, the aim is for students to get as much as possible and uh, to teach in in a very clear way by the way when I was when I was telling my journey like uh, the I, I didn't want to be a um, math teacher uh but like again i'm very i work in academia i teach courses and i enjoy teaching very much so this is one part of uh one part of my job like uh teaching that and thinking about the best way of uh transferring knowledge because the the knowledge staying in one person is like how use how useful that is and also these ideas evolve. So even when you see all these um, uh, the the great achievements, like uh, I was thinking about the uh, the map breakthroughs and uh, like the, the the like there is a potential of doing more. And by doing more, every person's knowledge and skills uh, that is limited. And it is kind of like opening pathways to others to work on. So it is kind of like an evolving thing. And uh, like when you when you solve a question, uh, like it, it, 
like the the best thing is it opens up or it brings new questions so that other others can can work on it so uh for for teaching like uh, the transferring knowledge that is very important and uh when i uh when i prepare my classes i always think about uh different perspectives and how my students can per perceive and also uh recently i'm i'm thinking more about the new generation of students because i i wasn't born with technology so i learned computers when i was in uh, university so that was that was the time so for me computer computers and all these tools that is kind of like a tool that i can use but there's also other part but uh for my niece like uh, she's uh, she's seven now so she is born with it and she knows how to use technology and uh, like those are new things and also students enrolled in my classes so uh, like uh, they uh, there there is a term i really like digital digital netizens so uh, when i when I when I teach when I creating I always think about the future like how my students would use those things uh, for uh, for the for their other studies for their jobs and how they could use that information and uh, so during the pandemic teaching the everything that we knew that was kind of like uh, like. It 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 wasn't there anymore. We wouldn't be able to go to the classroom and do the things that we use. So that was a new modality. So uh, I always think about uh, how my students would um, uh, would 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 take like the the like again. Um, I I try to look at look at that from students' perspective, and try to make that. Uh, like align that well with my uh, with my objectives as a teacher and also uh, with what I want them to take away from my courses so that alignment is very important yeah um, I would agree especially on the technology end like as a person probably the younger generation like I I grew up with technology um I think I uh, had a phone when I was like four or five, which is probably not a great idea, actually. Um, <laughs> I uh, so it's sort of interesting how like um, I think, especially for the newer generations, like our lives are very closely knit with the technology around us. And this, I mean, this is always like a double-edged sword, but I think there's a lot of benefits to take away from that. And, and think, also also we are always connected one way or another to everyone everywhere and uh like uh the, the the amount of information it is getting more and more every day and it is it is in a very fast pace yes and especially when we talk about information i mean like a large topic that comes to mind is uh programming and you've done a lot um integrating uh programming skills into like your mathematic courses. Um, how do you see the intersection of programming and math benefiting students in the modern world? The uh, one thing that that's an excellent question, by the way. Thank you. The uh, the the technology. 
so there are there are different ways of using it so it it could be like uh we would have uh problems questions and then uh like use a computer program they they could answer for us or the the programming part is um exploring uh like uh bringing new things exploration actually so uh like for example GeoGebra is not programming, but it it is. Uh, I I use it a lot, especially when I teach uh, courses related to geometry or like kind of like uh, thinking about that. And the, the animation is available. So when you when you do it that way, when you are exploring, you can kind of see lots of things that you never think of before. And uh, I I even created problems like just just I I, I played with GeoGebra and then I kind of think about like how this linear transformation works and how 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 that happens or why that happens and and then I I, I wrote problems related to that from those observations so. Uh, the the technology opening up new pathways and we got to know how it works and it is not just uh like uh he, here's the thing and i enter stuff and then i get the result and that's it it is not that it is more exploration and also i i self educated myself on python and uh, and r and i i really wanted to learn more about data science and doing lots of things and along the way, I realized that it's the new way of thinking. Uh, like the when when you define a function in Python, and uh, you can have functions uh, like you write a code and the computer does a certain thing that you want them that you want it to do, and you can kind of combine it in many ways. For example, you can write a function that could take a raw data into account and then you can organize it in a way that you want. And then the output would be many multiple Excel worksheets. So that is possible by using that. And it is a, it is a huge improvement. And the thinking skills are uh, becoming more different. Like uh, this affecting, I guess, uh, how we think. So this is this is very cool. And uh, this quarter, I'm teaching numerical analysis, and I'm I'm using uh, like I'm I'm thinking about how I could bring that to my students, and uh, like instead of just having one algorithm writing it and then doing it, I was kind of like maybe I should draw a graph, and then they can kind of think about where the function has a zero. And uh, like uh, like without drawing that graph, like uh, it is kind of like you have to do lots of trial and error. So instead of just asking like uh, like approximate zero of this function on this interval, uh, it is kind of like are there other zeros? How do you know it? And draw the graph, look at this, and then kind of pick a point. And uh, like some of the algorithms, they don't work for uh, for some problems. And it's kind of like, why this is the case? Why is the computer giving me these huge numbers and lots of errors? 
and then exploring that and it's kind of like oh yeah there is a like the, the the graph becomes flat because of that and because of this because of the method works the algorithm works it is giving very huge numbers and then estimating in a lot of steps rather than like uh like for example three or four steps so it is kind of like a cool way of thinking about it like uh, I just gave an example about a certain method in my numerical analysis course, and the selection of the initial point is very important for that model. And uh, I, 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 I was using, uh, I think I was using MATLAB or Python. So when I choose number S2, uh, the the algorithm gives me a very good accuracy result in uh, I guess four steps, but when I when I chose the number as one, then I I guess it was more than eight hundred steps. So I cannot compute eight hundred steps, and uh, one of the things I emphasized was kind of like rounding early off. It brings like the it it affects how it works very like in a in a different way so i i i told my students like i rounded these numbers and i just played with it and uh when i when i run the numbers early on now i needed like one more step 100 more than 100 steps that the computer would need to get the same uh, like sim similar accuracy similar result so I cannot do like 800 computations by hand or by using calculators or other things, but uh, by using program and looking at those things, I could I could show students like, here's what happened when I tried this. So instead of just theoretical way of what would happen, they would have a concrete example. So uh, the technology enhances our thinking in, in these ways. And again, I would say exploration because no one knows the potential, right? Yeah, uh, just to clarify, like uh, numerical analysis is the study to compute like uh, integrals using numerical methods, is that correct? Oh, not not just that. There are, uh, so in the, in the in the course that I teach, we started with finding zeros. Uh, finding zeros is like uh, solving f of x equals zero. And is, uh, we could also have an equation and then write it as f of x equals zero. So uh, it is also finding solutions of equations. And uh, if we have f of x equals x, that is kind of finding fixed point and finding fixed point is important in uh, in many parts. So uh, you can write that as f of x minus x equals zero, and again finding zero. So uh, we we have that part, and we would uh, we will have uh, like uh, numerical integrations later, uh, numerical differentiations, and uh, solving ODEs by using. Uh, algorithms and also linear algebra. So uh, linear algebra very tedious work, but uh, we will be seeing uh, how to how to use those methods for those. And also there are there are methods for PDs, but I think the quarter is not enough to to talk about all those things.
I see. And OD stands for ordinary differential equations, PDs, partial differential equations, both yes, of which exactly. are very commonly used in the real world scenarios. So this is actually a very exactly. empirical course um, then because like you, you have a lot of real world applications. Yes, yes, exactly. And also one of the things about using technology. So uh, I, I I was attending a webinar and uh, some like it was about PDEs and uh, like the, the, the region that we are solving the problem in the region. And sometimes the region may not have, uh, may, may have some anomalies, some problems there. So the there is there is an option. So the the presenter said that instructor said that there is an option where you can um, you can kind of tell the computer to do different thing for that part. So it is kind of like if if it is really in granular details, if you use the approximation, that is computationally expensive. And if you use uh, like uh, like very large shapes to to cover uh to cover the region then it is not like uh, sacrificing accuracy because it's not a good one therefore it is kind of like you can write a program and you can tell the computer uh and there are options there like do if, if everything is nice you can tell the computer like do these things very rough and uh not that detailed way but when when things are like really uh, really small do like make the granular detail and make a careful work around those things so uh, like again this is something that computers bringing because those uh, sort of um, adaptation adaptation methods that are important and I always tell students like mathematical intuition and mathematically know how things how things are working is very important to check the progress because if you don't know uh if you don't know mathematically like like the region is not good at that point like how are you going to do that or uh, you can write something and you can tell the computer to do the computation it is going to do the computation it is going to do whatever you ask right and uh but knowing mathematics, the background, that foundation is very important to be a little bit more mindful and also to check the results, whether it is meaningful, uh, because producing meaningful logical results is very important. And I think uh, whatever we do numerically, there should be a way to support it mathematically. Yes, so there's a merit to having a balance between mathematical intuition, so those computational results, and mm -hmm. connecting them together. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it it is it is in a sense uh, two ways. So using computers programs to have those explorations, like uh, getting 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 to the new things or observing new things that like it is not possible by hand. Uh, but again, by using mathematical ideas, mathematical theory, knowledge, and uh, like uh, like asking the question, like, why is this working? Or why is this case? And then it's like, oh, yeah, it is because of such and such and such. And, you know, mathematics is building uh, on top of uh, previous knowledge. So it is kind of like having all tools, bringing them in a logical way and, and proving, yes, it is because of this. 
and uh, saying that for certainty is 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 very good. So I think that uh, that is that part, and also like uh, having that mathematical mathematical intuition, mathematical way of thinking, and then uh, designing those or writing programs accordingly. So those are, I guess, two ways, and uh, that's very good, very cool. Yeah. Um. As as a tangent, perhaps, um, do you think people are relying too much on calculators these days? Like, because I think there's definitely a merit to doing some computations by hand because it's a, a, a crucial skill to be able to like approximate things and to understand like numbers. But I think this skill is like gradually deteriorating. I, I think this, uh, it, it is, um, yeah. When 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 we use calculators, yes, we get a very quick result. And uh, however, there is a thinking skill or why why things are working the way that they do. So I think we are losing that information. For example, there is a very important technique, uh, integration technique that is integration by parts, and we teach integration by parts in calculus courses. And because of all these new technologies and calculators are available everywhere. And when we teach that to students, maybe some students, they think like, well, calculators, they can do that. I can write that in the computer and I can say, integrate this and it integrates. And like, <clears throat> why, why are we learning these basic things? But when you go to the advanced level math and uh, especially analysis courses and uh, like integration by parts is one of the tools that is widely used. And when you cannot use calculators, just plug it in and do that. Integration by parts provides a way of thinking. So once you know how integration by parts work for those simple integrals, like how, 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 how the things, like the, the pieces are coming together and how, and that kind of opens up those new ways in uh, when you are taking like an advanced level of course and see, oh yeah, this is integration by parts. This is how we can go from this step to, to, to this step. So relying on technology like that, it, it, it kind of result in uh, losing those skills along the way. So if you want to do a little bit uh, advanced. I think finding that balance is very important. And as instructors, we have responsibility to uh, to tell students uh, about like more like how 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 that works, why that works, and why that is knowing that that's very important. So it is not just this is integral, just integrate and compute this. It is kind of like how how does integral works? Yeah. So. I think as an analogy, this is sort of like walking versus driving a car. And yes, most people rely on cars. Cars are a lot faster. Cars in the sense is like the computer. But you also need like the fundamentals, the basic ability to uh, to calculate integrals and mm -hmm. um, to support your eventual um, success. 
yeah exactly exactly and we now there there are other things as well so uh like uh if we if we rely on cars all the time like if if the distance is short it is kind of like waste of resources right so yeah. we get it like walking is better and also if you rely on cars like if we don't walk as much as that we should like you know our our bodies so we are designed for motion that is one of the uh fitness people i i heard from one of the fitness in, instructors so like like yes designed for motion so if you don't have that motion if you don't move a lot so it is kind of like bringing other problems that we never think of so it is kind of like again using uh like using that and uh i don't know so we have all these things available and how we use why we use this this is really important and this also ties back to the notion of flexibility which you mentioned earlier it's like it's important to be flexible in situations and flexibility mm -hmm. depends on your ability to understand the fundamentals like you need a good foundation in order to perform more yes. advanced skills and also yeah exactly so having this solid foundation this is gonna bring support to the structure that you are building on top of it so by structure i mean having a solid mat foundation for example uh like when you are working on uh more advanced advanced topics and uh like it is going to be less errors and less mistakes and also like uh like building that really well because mathematics is building knowledge on top of another and uh that is why like uh students they take all those calculus courses and then more uh like more advanced level courses after that and if you if you don't have that calculus knowledge well then if if there is a mention of that in the advanced level course then it is kind of like oh, what, what is that and i i don't remember or like that is like you you don't want to have that feeling of course you can always fill those gaps later but life is busy we are busy all the time we are doing lots of things so having that good foundation it helps a lot it's a good preparation along the way exactly so to push back a little bit onto technology I think another aspiring field that is emerging and that is probably going to be quite significant in the recent years would be um, data science or uh, artificial intelligence. Do you think, like, how do you see, like, uh, the, the role of data science in shaping the future of mathematics education? I would say, like, the the... It could help instructors in a lot of ways. So the classrooms are getting more and more crowded and uh, giving students those individualized feedback is becoming more important. Uh, but like if you compare like uh, 20, uh, like a, a class with 20 students and a class with 40 students, there's a huge difference uh, between the amount of uh, the, the the care that the instructor or the knowledge that the, the the help guidance that the instructor provide to students so the uh sometimes like um like you know when when students they they do their homework or 
uh, or midterms and uh, the results when when it is collected having a good analysis data analysis of students result like uh, it could be like uh, like what are the things that students miss most of the time or like that 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 could help instructors to find uh, the, the the patterns in students learning and kind of providing a useful feedback for instructors like oh yeah every student like uh we, we when when we create papers we kind of have that uh like wielded intuition sort of like uh oh yeah these students like like a huge number of students they make mistakes such mistake and i should definitely address that in the lecture or like if 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 students are making the same type of mistakes uh like it is either computational or knowledge level knowing that type is important because that that has to be uh something that is fixed in lectures so like going over the, those topics one more time maybe uh creating extra worksheets or uh maybe it is because of a background knowledge so it is kind of like provides lots of useful insights and uh, data scientific tools that could help that to uh, for instructors to get those uh, to those insights and then apply it to their classrooms and increasing efficiency of their teaching so i could i could think of one way like instructors can use uh, those things and uh, make analysis based on students uh, students understanding and they can get uh, they can understand where their students are because when we teach we don't know what our students are getting and um, that could be uh, designed into the curriculum in a, in, a, in a way that like maybe measure students knowledge the first time that they learn and two weeks later measure the same knowledge and then because we forget we are human beings so the first time you know there is a learning curve so the first time that we learn it is really high the tension level is high but this is going to get lower and lower so a review is needed to bring the retention level high so uh this sort of analysis is possible but of course time consuming so a, a well-designed practice like that inserted into the curriculum that could have students a lot the upcoming interest of using ai integrated education perhaps you could have like a personally customized tutor that also helps you like with reviewing and perhaps with planning and stuff like that do you think what do you think about the integration of ai in education uh we are, that is, um, the, the first thing is uncertainty. So how, how we use. And also like, um, it, it, that depends on, I guess, uh, the, the, the instructor. So for me, uh, as I said before, I didn't, I like, I, I learned computers uh, when I was, like at the university. So I kind of look at all these tools from that perspective. So uh, maybe an instructor who 
uses technology a lot more like or or new ways or grew up with technology maybe they can find new ways to integrate ai into their classroom so for me right now i don't know so that is that there is there is huge uncertainty i could think of how how we could use in one way or another but also there is this uh like the 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 like the the human care so as an instructor providing students that personal care so uh and also like ai tutor so i think human is a lot better than a, a ai tutor because That's we true. can kind of like we, we can sense that and we can kind of uh like understand students level and then kind of like let's do a few more examples because it seems like there is a need here or sometimes students understand it very well so if you do like three examples when the students are doing really well they get bored so it is kind yeah. of like using that time efficiently and uh i i think we are becoming more individualized learning we are we are, we are having more individualized learning experiences and uh, kind of like um, fitting to the fitting learning, teaching and learning into uh, like individualized level for students. And uh, AI could be helpful for designing that sort of uh, teaching learning practices because like an instructor is just one person, but uh, think about like, mm, AI tools that the instructor could use. So let, let's take it a bit further, like think about robots, <laughs> tutoring robots, yeah. right? The instructor can tell robots what to do, how to do things, and then the robots could tutor students, a group of students, and bringing them up to a level, like uh, giving them. I don't know. So that is really very wide open area. And it also depends on uh, the developments, how people bring these AIs, and I'm I'm still learning how how to integrate that. And yeah. uh, as someone who likes to think a lot about mathematics, I think uh, like I would be less inclined, uh, like in terms of uh, thinking that, but. Uh, definitely using AI would be helpful, but I, I would have to find my way. And right now, I don't have time to to explore what I could do with AI. Yeah, well, the field is also really new right now. So perhaps maybe in, in a decade or so, more tools will emerge and more opportunities will become more exactly. natural. But again, it's always important to be flexible. Exactly. That is that is one of the one of the skills, uh, flexibility, adaptability. The I was uh, like, I I recently saw uh, uh, a, a report. I think that Dell Technologies and Institute for Future. When I was thinking about uh, our podcast, like uh, the, the our conversation here, and uh, in in that report, they say. 85% of jobs are not defined yet. And there is a huge amount of uncertainty and we are preparing students for this uncertain future. So it is, it is like knowledge is very important. 
but at the same time, getting that knowledge and how to use, why to use, thinking about like uh, critical thinking is becoming very important. Analytical thinking is very important because uh, like there is a huge number of resources and then choosing what what would be best for us among that, that is very important. And therefore, like we should teach students some skills, like how to how 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 to learn. For example, that's very important. And uh, in in that report, they also say, uh, on the moment, learning will become more important than knowledge, just knowledge. So th this is a very interesting thing, like on the moment learning. So uh, I, I I think teaching students. Um, these skills uh, that is becoming more and more important. And uh, like, I don't know, let's see how it goes. Exactly. Yeah. So how about let's talk about something uh, less as intense. Um, so like, let's take a step out of mathematics at the moment, Um, out of math and teaching. What are some of your other hobbies and interests? So that is, that is really cool. So I uh, I love crochet and uh -huh. knitting, and uh, the like. Uh, I I knew how to crochet, so I'm left-handed. So, uh, you know, lots of things that like it is ten percent of population, right? And yeah. uh, and uh, like we we. So my my mother, she she is right-handed. So she couldn't teach me how to crochet because it is the other direction. And uh, like I, 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 I learned one day or another, but I didn't learn how to knit. So I learned how to knit, I think from YouTube or, or something. And then I, I, was, I was knitting and the, uh, the thing that I, like the, the, the garment that I made, it was kind of look a little bit different. And then I realized that I was knitting in a way that is a little bit different. So uh, not the usual way, that is why it looked a little bit different. So I now I'm a very good knitter. <laughs> I, 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 I do that a lot. And I like learning new things and even crochet patterns or, or, or knitting. And it, it is a good activity for me. And one thing that I like is uh, like I, I I enjoy the beauty and also like keeping my hands very uh, active is also good. And uh, also like I like to create new things like uh, like I always try to put something something from me. So it's kind of like well this is how this is doing. If I change this, how am I going to use this? So. I kind of like to look at the building blocks and then uh, having something for me. So I I need hats, winter hats that are too tight <laughs> because like I I I didn't I didn't count well or uh, like maybe loose or uh, I I tried a method and I was doing really really tight so it it didn't flex very well so it's kind of like have that shape and uh, like all these explorations i enjoy knitting very much and i enjoy crocheting very much and the things that i could i could do and it is also interesting because crochet is just one way and you just do it one step at a time 
knitting is uh, you kind of lo have lots of loops and you do it uh, like line by line. So it is kind of a bit different. So I like I like fiber art like that. And I like to play backgammon. So I'm a very good player. And uh, so I, I play online against the computer and sometimes when when I'm playing playing, it is kind of like uh, a like a fun activity for me to guess the algorithm that they are using. I'm kind of like after after you play a lot of times, you kind of like guess like oh yeah he the computer is gonna do this move and when when the computer does that it it was really fun. So a long time ago. I was, I was playing against a computer, and uh, it it kind of went different. Like, uh, you know, I have like, I click a button and the dice changes, right? So sometimes thinking about like what algorithm that they use and uh, kind of guess and play like that. So I I, I really enjoy. And I, I, I like backgammon a lot. And As a quick side note, how does the game work? The, the backgammon? Uh-huh. So uh, there are, I think, 15. Uh, so th there's a board. And uh, 15, what is, like, coins each player has. So you got to bring uh, all those, like, there's a pattern on the, uh, on the board backgammon board a special pattern so you gotta collect all your pieces in your home and then uh like uh, pick them up one by one according to the dice so every time a pair of dice you you throw and that kind of gives you the number of steps that you take and, and this kind of feels a bit different because I know like the, the visual I know how to play but verbally explaining that it, it feels a lot different. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I see. But uh, it, it is it is there probability involved, or is it quite like strategic? It is. It is strategic because you wanna like um, when when the opponent has uh, two coins on top of each other, two or more, uh, you cannot go into that. Uh, we, we, in in Turkish we call it door, so you cannot go into that place. And the dice, like sometimes, like six six is the best dice, right? It gives yeah. you a lot of uh, a lot of movements, and also like when you have the same number, you you get to play four times. So that is the highest one. But when the opponent's coins are in certain places, even six six doesn't work. So uh, yes, there are lots of probability. Like uh, and also strategy because it's kind of like what the opponent is doing and uh, how, how how like I I use again uh, I play against computer so how the computer would move one piece to another and the the program that I that I was using they changed their algorithm and uh, now the 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 algorithm is doing certain things it wasn't doing before so I, I i played a lot so i kind of observed that 
And I was kind of like, no, oh, I don't like this algorithm because it is kind of like, um, it is it is different. So uh, the like there is probability, but I don't I don't compute probabilities. And uh, there are some certain things that you could do, but um, like every every board is different, and uh, it it is really interesting, very fun way of uh, spending time. Yeah, that's interesting. Um... I I play chess a lot, uh, oh. so it, it, yeah, it's uh, it, it's actually quite popular these days. I think partially because of like um, the TV show uh, Queen's Gambit, but I think ah uh, I see yeah I I haven't watched that, but it's interesting because chess is like almost like a solved game nowadays because mm -hmm. the AI algorithms um, for a chess engine is far more superior than the best human being. So, yeah. but it's also interesting how players still engage in the game, like almost with the assistance of artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. So it's fun to see the hybrid between these things. Yeah, the the computer has advantage because uh, like very quickly can compute all the possibilities that the other player can play and uh, like uh, can act very quickly accordingly and uh, can change the ways very quickly, right? The, the, the uh, like that quickness there, it, 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 it is creating that advantage for computers. But again, as human beings, I believe like we are way more adaptable than that and we can learn really quickly. Yeah. So uh, maybe there is like, we, we have to spend some time on it, but uh, I, I I think that's a very good challenging way to build human intelligence as well. Yes. Yeah, uh, this reminds me of a quote Einstein said, I think he said that uh, computers are accurate, sharp, but stupid and humans are inaccurate slow but intelligent so yeah. um, i didn't know this really cool yeah so i think it's it's a fun characterization yes i i believe i believe in human uh human capacity to do a lot of great things so the uh like like the the computers are bringing this um uh, like unfair advantage in a sense but uh, like even even ai programs they train on a given data and uh i was attending a webinar and uh they like one of the like the one of the speakers told the ai to create a to to give information about a town that doesn't exist and the, the AI gave a very detailed account who is living there, what the population is and what they are doing and even showed some pictures of people living there. So that, that place didn't exist. So uh, like, again, the computers are doing based on how, uh, how they are trained on, on the data, but there are all these, uh, uh, all these uh, flaws as well therefore that is why i'm kind of like uh we we gotta be like why this is so how did how does it happen and uh like 
finding that reason behind it, it is very important. Yes. So not not just having like yeah when I when I write like for example for the numerical analysis thing so it's it is also a good practice so when you write a function and uh, checking whether that works with some very well known examples it's a good practice to find the flaws in the code that you write so uh, for example if if it is like finding root of a finding root of a polynomial then uh, maybe choosing uh, like a second order polynomial where you know the roots and then uh, checking the the um, the code by using that it is it is it's a good practice yeah yeah now to wrap up our conversation um let's go back to the field of math so what advice would you give to young individuals aspiring to produce or to pursue a career in perhaps math or just uh, people that are interested in the field? So the f don't give up. <laughs> the, okay. uh, so like the explore, I think if someone wants to do math, they, uh, they, they are curious and uh, they are willing to spend time and energy and, uh, like uh if if one thing does not work try another thing and also uh as as we started being flexible is very important because uh like like we, we all have an end goal but just like uh like let's see i guess 16 year old me so I was thinking like, I'm going to be an engineer. This is a really cool program and I'm going to be an engineer and I'm going to go into this very cool program. But uh, like it didn't happen and it turned out really good for me. And I like after a few years, I was like, oh, this is where I wanted to be. And after like 10 years and I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't give up at that at that time. And uh, like I just gave a chance to uh to do to doing this so uh like things they don't work all the time according to what we are expecting and being adaptable there and seeing the way is very important and for someone going into math uh lots like maybe job prospects uh is a like what am i gonna do when i become a mathematician this is a very common question among high school students like uh a lot you can do a lot about that because having these skills analytical skills critical skills problem solving skills it is gonna help a lot and uh like even even for medical school applications so i read somewhere and that kind of really surprised me. So among the groups that apply to medical schools, the uh, students coming from mathematics, mathematical undergrad programs, this is a really very small subset when it is compared to others. But the acceptance, acceptance rate is really high. So almost everyone who applies to medical schools from math, like I think that was 98%, 99%, something like that. That was very high. So it is kind of like, it is a lot more than uh, numbers, theorems, or those things. It is more like how, how life is, uh, like understanding life and how things are working and uh, the exploration, curiosity, and it is all the fun. So 
I would say don't give up and just explore options and create your own way. Thank you. Thank you so much for this awesome conversation that we had. It was yeah. very knowledgeable. And I think there's a lot to have. There's a lot to learn from this.